Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. Hey, I am very excited to get to chat to you all today because today is a very special day. It's my birthday. <laughs> um, you know, when when is your birthday and, and people often ask you like, so how has your year been like? And this year I'm like, well, I have traveled around the sun. So I traveled 940 million kilometers, which is 584 million miles, which is apparently how long trip it is for the earth to travel around the sun, which we do every year. So uh, I feel like that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments. I, I stayed alive this year and I, <laughs> I did the trip around the sun on earth. I stayed here. Uh, <laughs> How is that for random fact uh, or for travel goals? Um, but I'm obviously joking, but I'm also serious. Like, I feel like this year, just the gift of life has been something that, that's been so highlighted to me. And, and just the fact that we get to be on this journey of life together, um, even through all kinds of crazy things and crazy seasons that. Uh, it's such a miracle to get to be alive for such a time as this. And it really is like this grand adventure that we are doing uh, with the Lord and with each other. And and I, I think birthdays for me are like this landmark and a place of remembrance where, where I get to look back and see like what God has done in my life. And And I actually, I woke up just a couple of nights ago with the verse from Revelation 12, 11. I just, uh, it wasn't an audible voice, but I heard it so loud that um, it really caught my attention. It was like a, a verse that just jumped on my heart. Um, and it goes, the first part of it says that they triumph by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And uh Obviously, the blood of the lamb, we're talking about Jesus and his redemption on the cross. Like that's that's the place of victory. That's the gateway, how we get to enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, But also, like I've been thinking of the importance of our testimony and the testimony of Jesus, what he has already done in our lives. And um, yeah, so I I felt like today I wanted to share a little bit more about my own testimony and my own own journey with the Lord, my own history with the Lord. And obviously I haven't arrived. <laughs> This journey continues and, and it's not about the destination as, as such. It's more about the whole journey that we are doing with the Lord and with each other. And 
And I know some of you have already heard quite a lot about my journey, but for some of you, this may be all new. So uh, this is gonna be a little bit like an introduction of uh, who I really, who I am and uh, sharing some of the highlights of, of the things that, how the Lord has moved in my life and how, how I actually even got into dance ministry. So um, those of you who don't know, I am currently working as the dance pastor for BSSM, which is Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. And I'm also pastoring the dancers in Bethel Healing Rooms. And in so many ways, I what I do is like way more than I could have ever even dreamt of or thought about or come up with. <laughs> Uh, like growing up, I wouldn't have even had any grit for being a dance pastor. <laughs> We'd have never, ever in a million years thought that that's something that I I would be doing and I would get to do. And um, it is, it's it for me. It feels like it's something that God has designed for me. It feels like what I get to do. It really makes my heart come alive, like nothing else. And and obviously, like, we'll see uh, how the Lord leads from here. But uh, I am just so, so very thankful for getting to be part of equipping people to worship Jesus with everything that they are. And, and I believe that God is preparing uh, the dancing bride from all over the world that uh, he's ready for us. He wants to encounter our hearts and, and he wants us to be so free of any shame or guilt and, and have that freedom to express our hearts to him with everything that we are, with our spirit, soul and body. And um, But so back to my, my story, I, uh, I, I also people often ask me like, so how did you get there? Like, what's the secret? Like, how, how did you get to step into your calling? And And I would say that it's not about anything else than saying yes to Jesus. Like that really is the key to saying yes to him every step of the way and um, posturing your heart in that place of trust and surrender. Um, and also that oftentimes, like when you are in the middle of that journey, it, it feels like it doesn't make any sense. Like you just don't even understand like what is happening until <laughs> like it's often later on when you look back and you get some perspective. And I, I will talk a little bit about that um, towards the end of this episode too. But if, if you had told me like 20 years ago that I'll be leading hundreds of dancers and traveling around the world and teaching about dance in the kingdom and and that I would have written three books in English, I would have totally laughed at you. <laughs> so I think my testimony is really about how God loves using us in our weakness. So part of my story is that I, I grew up in Finland, um, quite literally at the Arctic Circle. And so my mother language is Finnish. And it's a language that's so different from any other language that it's super hard for us to learn other languages and you know how some people have the gift of learning languages easily well I don't have that gift <laughs> I remember sitting in um, some of my like listening comprehension tests in English in primary school and thanking God that they had like multiple 
choice questions because at least I had 25% chance of guessing the right answer and feeling like I, I could not understand anything what they were talking about. And also one of my very first English exams, I think I was around nine years old. I remember sitting in that classroom and pulling a chunk of my hair out of my head <laughs> because I was feeling so frustrated that I couldn't remember any of the English words that I, I was supposed to be writing down. And, and the teacher walked up to me and <laughs> she kind of laughed and she asked if she could take that chunk of hair that I had just pulled and put it on my pulpit. And um, so she pinned it on the classroom wall and wrote next to it that this is what happens when you don't study to your English exam, <laughs> which is, I mean, it is hilarious. But the truth is that I had actually studied and I had tried so hard, but it, it just felt so hard and so impossible for me to remember those words. And so <laughs> I remember that time thinking that I could never, ever travel anywhere outside of Finland because I would never be able to communicate in English or any other language besides Finnish. And uh, so... That was a huge obstacle that literally felt like there is absolutely no way. And besides that, I was I was that kid who got so homesick. Even I remember trying to do a sleepover at the friend's house and having to call my parents and get picked up because I just couldn't fall asleep. I was so homesick. So I thought there was absolutely no way I would never leave my home country or even my hometown. So that in itself is a crazy miracle, what the Lord has done. And if that wasn't enough, uh, <laughs> I was also the kid who wasn't allowed to take dance classes growing up. I think I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, but I grew up in a very conservative church where they were teaching that all dance is sin. And obviously, like, it was because of their bad experiences and they had only seen dance being used in like things that were not kingdom and either they were just glorifying people or they were all kinds of seductive spirits involved in that and um and a lot of those leaders had never seen how God can use dance and they just didn't have the revelation from the word of God, that how God actually created dance and it's meant for his pleasure and, and his, to bring joy to his heart and, and to extend and expand his kingdom. And um, so anyway, with all that background for me, like <laughs> I was the least likely candidate for doing international dance ministry. So um, <laughs> uh, I hope my story brings hope to those of you who may think that how could God ever use me? Um, so uh, I wanted to share also to some some more details about my background, and um, we'll see how how long I'll be sharing. Uh, I know my I could probably talk about this for a couple of hours. <laughs> There's been so much that has happened, but I'll just kind of see which parts the Lord is highlighting right now and. So as I said, I, I grew up in a Christian family. And as far as I can remember, I always loved Jesus. 
and、uh, because I was quite a lively kid, my parents put me into gymnastics because apparently that was okay with Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what the difference was between dance and gymnastics, but I actually I joke about it. I,、um, I used to like look at some ballet classes and see see the other little kids doing ballet bar and seeing like, oh my gosh, that looks so boring. I totally get it. Why Jesus doesn't like dance? Because I was the kid who wanted to fly and I wanted to do flips and I wanted to be upside down. <laughs> so、uh, I thought everything else seemed so boring. So I. Really didn't mind that I wasn't allowed to dance at that point. I I was very excited that I I got to do gymnastics, and that was so life giving for me. And、uh, and also like even though I didn't understand、uh, why I wasn't allowed to dance, I was like oh oh well like if Jesus doesn't want me to do that, that's fine. I'll do something else.、Uh, <laughs> so、uh, but then when I was around,、um, I think I was like twelve years old, I. I got asked to join this competitive training team in gymnastics, and there were seven girls, seven of us training、um, on that same team. And、um, none of those other kids were from families、uh, who really knew Jesus.、Uh, most Finnish people actually are members of church, but they don't really. Have a relationship with God, or they don't know Jesus personally, and and that was the case with my friends too. And so、uh, <laughs> they started asking me a whole bunch of questions. So often when we were stretching with my little friends, who were probably between nine to twelve year olds as well,、uh, so they were asking me questions about Jesus. And、uh, after a little while, they all were like, "Hey, like I want what you have, like." How can I get to know Jesus? And I, I had the joy and the pleasure of introducing my little friends to Jesus, and we invited. They all invited Jesus to come into their hearts, and and for me, it was such a miraculous time, and it turned into this like a mini revival, where even some of the whole families, like they saw the transformation in the kids, and、uh, that it wasn't just some. Some little prayer, and then they forgot about it. But but Jesus really entered into their lives and started changing their lives, and and the families started to see the fruit that was coming out of it. And even some of their whole families ended up getting saved and wanting to receive Jesus. And and also around that time,、um, my my parents and then some other families they were kind of there wasn't any any ministry for kids or young people, and、um, so. We started pioneering a local team、uh, called Kings Kids, which is part of Youth with the Missions, like family work, and and in that、uh, they use a lot of creative arts and and they they、uh, at that time they used to do a whole bunch of like choreographed dances and street ministry and evangelism that way, and so、uh, we started a, a group like that. So it was a wonderful place for all my little friends. And including myself to to have this place where we got to know Jesus better, and we also started to get a whole bunch of opportunities to share our faith, and、um, and that was the first time I actually started using my my body as an instrument of worship in and and in dance. And even though the it wasn't any like very technical or complicated dancing, it was more like these hand motions that we were doing. But I 
I remember feeling the anointing. I remember feeling the presence of God as I started moving. And, and we also saw the Holy Spirit move in powerful ways. And, and we did altar calls after we were dancing on the streets and, and doing these little songs. And there were a lot of people who, who got saved and we saw people healed. And, and it was amazing. And I, um, I also like during the summertime, I went on outreaches. We, we traveled, I think, at least seven summers in a row, like all the way till the end of high school. I, I traveled with King's Kids. And, uh, and just got to see God move in, in such powerful ways. And um, also during the same time, I, I was still doing gymnastics when I was in high school. And um, after, after my first year in high school, I started feeling this tension that uh, I had so many competition trips and training camps with gymnastics. But I also wanted to go on all these missions trips and outreaches with King's Kids and... Um, and I started feeling like God was asking me to lay down at gymnastics and uh, stop competing. And it was a big decision for me. And I, uh, I thought like, okay, like I want to follow God's call for my life. And I, uh, I want to be right in the center of his well. And anything that's holding me back, I just, I want to lay down. And I, I remember crying for a couple of nights, but then making the decision that I, um, that was it, like no more competing for me. And I actually, around that time, I also decided that I'm, I'm going to go right after high school. I, I will go and do like a YWAM DTS, which is like a discipleship training school. And I, I thought that I, I want to become a missionary. Like I, I want to spend my whole life leading people to Jesus and helping them to get to know him and and in my little mind, like, I thought like, okay, so this means that I'm going to this Bible school and I'm just going to study the word of God. And now I'm going to set aside all these like, uh, childish creative ways. Like I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be a real missionary and, <laughs> and do the real work. And, um, so little did I know I, so when I, I moved to Norway, that's where I, I did my YWAM DTS in North of Norway. And so one of the very first weeks there, the Holy Spirit started uh, talking to me about dance and saying, I was having my own quiet time in my room and I heard him whisper to me and say that now it's your time to dance. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I, I came to a Bible school to be a missionary. Are you talking about dance? Like, I don't understand. And and then I had all these excuses that I'm not even a dancer. Like I, I was a gymnast at that time. I had not taken any dance classes. Um, I just had no grit. And even like, I'm like, what are you even talking about? And, and I felt like, again, this wasn't an audible voice, but it was so clear in my spirit. The Holy Spirit was saying like, you are a worshiper. And if you let me teach you, I will be your dance teacher and I will teach you how to worship me with everything that you are. And, and that started this crazy journey for me where I started having personal encounters with Jesus in my bedroom while I was worshiping. And I literally, I, I locked my door, I closed the curtains so nobody could see me and, and I just turned on some worship music and you know, just invited Holy Spirit, like, okay, you can come and teach me, you know? And the crazy thing is that he did. He came. I, I felt his presence in such a tangible way. Um, 
And also, like, I, so I felt like I was able to express things from my heart that I didn't even have words for. Um, and I felt so close to him. Like the fruit of me starting to express my heart with movement was like my relationship with Jesus all of a sudden got so close and so intimate. And even to the point that I'm like, why have I not done this before? Like, this is incredible. And not just that, but I started feeling his heart and hearing his voice in 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 such an intimate and close way. And uh, it was it was such a gift to me. Like it really became dance and movement became my own prayer language and, and my way of communicating with the Lord. And and of course, like I still continued praying with words as well. But it, it was such a such a beautiful way to add into my own personal time with the Lord. And, and I started building my own history with the Lord through that. And um, at the time, I had no idea that it would be anything that I would be teaching others. And or even I didn't want anybody to see me. <laughs> I, I remember I was still part of Wyvern in Norway and we, we traveled to a conference in south of Norway. It was a, a bigger worship conference. They had rented this huge um, place and I was in the back of the auditorium just being so happy that I there was space there and I could dance there and I could express my heart to the Lord. I could encounter Jesus and and I went to the very back so nobody could see me. But what I didn't realize was that um, somehow from the very front, from the stage, the main leaders saw me and they had this guest speaker. His name is Mark Dupont, um, who's a wonderful minister, um, a prophetic leader. And so he had seen me and he told the local Norwegian pastors that, hey, like, can you please go and get that girl who is dancing in the back? Like, I feel like she should be dancing up front and releasing something for the whole room. And <laughs> so I'm having this Norwegian pastor walk walk up to me and, and tell me like, hey, like, I'd like you to come and dance up on the stage. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, there is absolutely no way I would do that. I'm like, I'm terrified and and this Norwegian pastor is telling me that hey like you don't need to perform like you don't need to do anything else like what you are doing right now I just want you to come and worship and and besides this our main guest speaker like he's asking you to come and and he's he's a prophet so I mean do it out of obedience if nothing else like and then he literally literally started dragging me up the aisle to go and dance on the stage and <laughs> so you can imagine, like, I am horrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And <laughs> and I, I remember, like, just getting up on that stage and closing my eyes and being like, okay, Holy Spirit, either you will come or this is going to be ridiculous. Like, I have absolutely no clue, like, on what I'm doing. And also, like, during this time, like, um, this is over 20 years ago, um, like <laughs> there was nobody doing that there. It wasn't like a thing to do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, but I remember when I closed my eyes, I all of a sudden I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and it was like everything else disappeared. And at that point, it didn't matter if there were hundreds or thousands of people in the room or if I was the only one because I felt the presence of Jesus. Like he was so close. He was so near. It was like I I was drawn straight up into the throne room of heaven and 
and and just expressing my heart to him and I don't even know how long it lasted but uh but it was like this heavenly experience heavenly encounter and and also that whole moment ended up marking my life in a way that um that was the first time when I got the revelation that this dance thing it was not just for me it wasn't only to edify my own spirit and it wasn't only my, for my own prayer language with the Lord but but that God actually wanted me to um lead other people into his presence through dance and and also start activating other people and and helping other people to step into that freedom of worship and um so that really started this journey in my heart like and first of all also like it gave me this hunger like i need to know what the word of god says about dance because i am experiencing god in such a tangible way and um and almost like i often compared like it in the beginning it felt like i started speaking in tongues it was like a heavenly language that i got but this time it wasn't with words but but the language came with movement i wasn't copying anybody else or trying to do some movements i have learned somewhere like i was literally just following the holy spirit and and it was like a heavenly language but then it also became a language for me to express things that i heard him say or and also a way to express things from my own heart and so anyway i, I that's that's where actually my first book came out of uh this like just hunger to know what the word of god says and there is so much in the scripture that talks about dance in the context of prayer and worship and prophesying and and all of it so yeah so this really it started the journey for me to really like passionately pursue god's heart and and see like what what is there to discover and and how can i how can i bring joy to his heart and and this led me into this journey i i ended up moving to israel i lived in jerusalem uh for i almost a year i i did a school of worship there and i i could actually do a whole podcast about that year in israel because it was such a transformational year um but i i'm not going to share all of it right now but um Anyway, uh, one of the biggest things that happened to me when I lived in Israel was that uh, the fear of man just fell off of me. Because um, I remember uh, before I moved there, I, I was very free to dance in any meeting as long as I knew that there was nobody in the room who actually really knew how to dance, that there were no trained dancers in the room. But if if there was anybody who I knew had some training, I became very self conscious and um and just didn't want to do anything. And but I remember when I came back from Israel, and I started getting all these invitations to do dance ministry and teach others and um, travel to different places to dance. And um, I remember that fear just fell off of me. And also that was a miraculous thing that I was getting these invitations because I wasn't advertising that I have any ministry or I, I had no website. I still don't have any website. Um, so it was very like, I, I don't even know God supernaturally and or by word of mouth, like to spread the word that I was teaching. And I remember even arguing with people who were like, we want you to come and teach or, and I'm like, I'm not even a trained dancer. Like, are you sure you're calling the right person? Like, do you really want me to come? <laughs> um, 
but it was like God's favor was on that, and and He was calling me into that, and uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's how it started for me that I I started just being pulled into this place of ministering to people, and so I I was at this one conference in Finland after coming back from Israel, and and I was actually I was asked to dance with this uh, professional ballerina who used to dance in the Finnish national ballet. And I just remember feeling so different that there was no intimidation or fear. Uh, I was just very, very happy to get to partner with somebody who also had the training and, and who was also and is very anointed as well. And and it, we had such a wonderful time ministering together. And I remember this girl came to talk to me afterwards and, and she asked me that, so where did you get your dance training? And I'm like, well... <laughs> the school of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I haven't really gone to any dance school and I, she knew that I had my gymnastics background, but she was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that you can move like that without having gone to like any professional dance training. And, and she, then she goes, she's like, well, I wonder what God could do if you would, if you would also go and get some training. Like if you can already do all this without any training and, and she was kind of challenging me to pray about like going to a dance school. And, and I remember kind of smiling at her and being like, yeah, I mean, of course, if God calls me, of course, I will be ready and I'll go. But at that time, like I, I didn't have any desire to go and get training. And um, yeah, so I, I, I had had some not so great experiences um, when I did gymnastics and we had had some gymnastics ballet class and and I was like, oh, I don't want anybody to put me in a box. And I was afraid that my freedom would be stolen if I would have to go into a technique class. And so I didn't really have this huge desire to take any class. And which I'll tell you later, which changed. However, after meeting with this girl, like um, it was pretty soon after that, that I, I got into this season that was super hard. And I referred to that actually my in the last episode. I, I got very sick physically. And it felt like everything that I had at that point got stripped away, taken away. Um, like I, I was not able to dance. I, I spent a lot of time just in bed. I was in a lot of pain. I was passing out like several times and I had massive headaches. And then the pain kind of went all over my body and... Um, I was in a hospital for a week and they did all these tests trying to figure out what was going on and and they were yeah different different opinions different doctors kind of had different thoughts on what was going on there was something going on with my nervous system and one of the conditions I I was told by uh, one British doctor that it was uh, that I had fibromyalgia and anyway I, I remember during the time when I was in the hospital I had this experience um, again. It was one of those moments when I, I wasn't fully awake, but I hadn't fully woken up yet. So it was like in between being awake and being asleep, and uh, um, and I think I shared this story. I can't remember now, but like I'll I'll just briefly go over it. I I saw um, saw this lady come and like dance towards me. And she was wearing this long white dress. And, and then she gave me a white dress and told me to dance with it. And um, somehow in the dream, I, I knew that 
Her name was Catherine Coleman. But I, I personally, like, I had no idea who Catherine Coleman was. And so when I woke up, I, I asked my mom, like, hey, mom, who is Catherine Coleman? And, and she got me a, a book from the library. And, and there was a picture of her in the cover of the book and where she was wearing this long white dress. And I freak out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I saw her in my dream. Like, she was in my bedroom. And, uh, and of course, I, I read the book and, and the book was full of testimonies of healing. And, uh, and it was amazing for me to, like, read those testimonies. And I feel like that was a time when I, I really, like, God gave me this hunger and this calling um, to bring together also dance and healing because at that point I had done dance ministry and I had also done healing ministry I had been praying for the sick but I had never really like thought that those two could go together so even though like I'm myself sick and I'm in the middle of this really really difficult time it felt like God planted this seed inside of me um, to start raising up dance revivalists who would be bringing healing and uh and I didn't actually, I didn't get healed immediately after that. But um, it was like I, part of the time, I, I was feeling so much better that I, I moved to the UK. And I actually, I was studying at the school um, with a ministry called Soul Survivor, which is wonderful. And uh, it was during that time when I, I still had several weeks when I was feeling super weak and I, I could barely get out of my bed and um, during that time I met this girl who told me that she used to be a dancer but she can't dance at all anymore because she has fibromyalgia and as I mentioned before that was one of the conditions that the doctors had told me that I had and I I remember like going to my room and laying in my bed and just crying and and feeling like so hopeless and and literally coming to the point where I'm telling the Lord, like, could you just take me to heaven? Like, I would rather go and be with you in heaven than be on earth and not be able to do anything. And and I I wasn't like suicidal, but I I was feeling it so strong that I'm like I would I would so much rather go to heaven. But it was like Holy Spirit, like, grabbed me in that moment. And what I had said that since I can't do anything. And so what he said was like very gently. There was no like judgment or anger or condemnation. But he he very gently just said like, what do you mean you can't do anything? And there was such conviction that came to my heart with that. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, of course I can still worship even if I couldn't move a muscle in my body, I can still worship. My heart can still connect with the Lord. And, um, and I, from that place of brokenness, I started connecting with the Lord again and, and just started, started crying out to him and started loving on him and started inviting his presence. And, and <laughs> it was one of those moments, I actually feel like it was, a similar experience in some ways to that first time when I danced in my own bedroom with the Lord. Like I felt God's presence. I felt his heart in such a tangible way. And, and just this, the revelation that there's nothing, there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. And, you know, we read that in the Bible and, and we often like memorize these verses. And, 
but it was like that verse hit my heart it became life like it became my lifeline like knowing that there's nothing that can separate me from God's love and uh <laughs> just such a sense of like feeling in like invincible in that like the enemy can try to throw all kinds of things at me but he can never steal God's presence from me and and knowing like that is the bedrock of my life like that's the foundation of my life that he is with me his presence is with me no matter what happens and um and of course like I I was when I tell this story I want to clarify that I I don't I absolutely don't think that God made me sick to teach me this lesson because he does not make anybody sick he's the healer he's the one who comes and heals and rescues and saves and delivers and and that it was the attack of the enemy that he was trying to discourage me and bring me down but how God is so good he's so faithful he's so loving that even in that moment like he used it for my best and uh, and just it helped me to have this foundation even in doing ministry that it's not about what I do it's about who I am and it's about him it's about his presence it's about his goodness and and that I'm not first and foremost a dancer I'm a worshiper and there's nothing that's gonna stop my worship and uh <laughs> and also like it wasn't that wasn't the moment I got healed but that really started this journey in my in my physical health as well and, and as well and I remember it wasn't long after that when I I was receiving prayer so actually somebody was calling me and praying for me on phone and I felt the anointing of God like and I felt the faith arise in me and I you know when you just have that knowing that I am healed <laughs> and I remember I because I at that time I was taking a whole lot of like pain medicine and muscle relaxers to to be able to function normally and and I just I decided that I'm just gonna stop all my medication which I by the way I don't recommend unless like you know you really know that it's the Lord and and I, I even like I actually I did chat to one of my mentors before I stopped those medicines because I, I knew that the doctors had recommended that I would need to slowly come out of them and uh but I, I for me it was so clear as day that I should just stop and I, I remember talking to my mentor and asking her like, hey, like, I feel like the Lord is asking me to do that. But I don't know, like, what do you think? I want to submit this to you because I don't know if that's wise. And and I was actually shocked when she goes, she's like, well, if the Lord told you so, like, do it. <laughs> and uh, and it was like from that moment on, I didn't need any any painkillers or any muscle relaxers or anything. And even though it was still a journey for me to restore my strength and in my physical body but that was a miracle like it was such a tangible miracle that the pain pain just left my body and and it wasn't just that the pain left like it was like God started restoring all things that the enemy had stolen and and I again I started getting like even way more like invitations to come and do ministry in different places and not just do ministry but see the Lord move see see the anointing of God like transforms people transforming people's lives and and it was the very first conference where I was ministering and dancing was also in Finland and uh it was in southern Finland and the same ballerina who I had danced with uh about a year earlier before I had got sick happened to be in that same meeting and uh and 
I had been asked to dance in that conference and I, I remember she ran up to me after I had danced and she's like, so which dance school did you go to this year? <laughs> and I kind of look at her and I'm like, seriously, like, what do you mean? Like, I have not taken a single dance class this year. Like, I have spent most of the year sick in bed. <laughs> and, and she looks at me and she's like, what in the world? Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you are completely different. Your expression is completely different. Like, it was like she couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I hadn't been taking classes that year. And for me, like, that was one of the most powerful testimonies uh, of, like, what, what happens when our heart really gets renewed and heart really gets connected and and that it's what's inside of our hearts like that's really what comes out and it wasn't even that I didn't love the Lord before because I totally did I, I loved the Lord so much but there was something so deep so significant so powerful that had happened in my heart during that heart season that uh, my connection with the Lord had gone way deeper with that whole whole process and and that's what she could see like she could see even in my my physical expression even as a professional dancer she could see that something had changed and um and it yeah like that was for me such a powerful powerful thing and that's why like when i talk about my journey i i always want to emphasize the fact that it's it's our hearts that matter the most and, and that's where the anointing lies. And it's, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke and sets the captives free. And that's something we can't fake. Uh, it's only our personal history with the Lord uh, that can make that happen and that can bring the connection to the Lord. And, uh, and of course, like I, I believe in training as well. I be- believe training is important uh, in dance and in every other area too. Like, you know, we want to be ministering with excellence too um but it really the heart is what matters the most because we can be the most beautifully trained awesome movers uh but if we don't have the connection with the lord it's not gonna bring the fruit that comes from the fragrance of heaven and and but as i said like i do believe in training as well and actually i ended up after that i i ended up moving to australia and i lived in sydney for three years uh, and I studied dance um, with C3. It was called at the time C3 College Christian City Church. And and by the way, they had the most amazing, powerful, incredible teachers at that college. Like I learned so much. Um, so I studied dance full time for three years. And I, I often say that I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now unless I had also got the dance technique training during that time. So it's been extremely helpful. And, and when people ask me like, hey, like, should I go and get training? I'm like, well, I recommend that. But of course, like everybody, everybody's journey is different. And, and also, I think it really matters who's training you and where you're getting trained and, and also what your calling is. Like, also, when people ask me, like, so can I not dance to the Lord before I have training? I'm like, not true. <laughs> I believe we all are called to express our hearts to the Lord. But especially those people who have a calling into dance ministry, 
I really believe that it's super important to get ourselves trained so that we are able to make his praise glorious and express our hearts to him um, in a way that's also done with excellence. So anyway, so I, I know I'm talking for a long time, but as I said, this is my birthday post, so I can go as long as I want to. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I also, I really wanted to encourage all of you that um, the Lord is the one who opens the doors for you that uh like when he opens the doors nobody can shut them and uh and and that's been also the testimony of my life like I um so when I when I went to Australia to study dance actually at that point I was like I don't really even know what the Lord is preparing me for, but I, I know I'm following his call. And I, he very clearly spoke to me about Australia and about going there. And, um, and while I was there, um, I actually, that's when I felt like God also spoke very clearly to me about coming, um, to Bethel, Bethel church in Redding, California. And, um, and that was also a funny story. Uh, I think I'll I'll share this as one of the last stories. But uh, <laughs> I uh, um, I had been praying about my next steps, and I I was reading my Bible, and there was this one scripture that really got highlighted to me, and it was totally out of context. But you know, Holy Spirit has permission to do that whenever he wants to but um so I was reading from 2nd Kings 17 and and verse 28 and it says that so one of the priests came to live in Bethel and taught them how to worship the Lord (laughs) and uh when I read this scripture I was like oh my gosh like I feel like I feel like I need to go to Bethel and I feel that God is going to open the door for me to actually teach about worship and specifically about expressing worship and and for me dance is the way the most natural way for me to express and so that was actually like the keyword that I followed and I and I came here and but even when I first came like I I came as a student for the school because that was the only way for me to get a visa and and I also remember people looking at me like what are you doing like how many bible schools do you have to do and and in some ways, like, it didn't make any sense. Like, why would I go to another Bible school <laughs> after already having done so many other training schools? And um, and so I, I was also questioning it, but but it was so strong on my heart, on my spirit. Like, no, like, I don't even know the why, but I just know that this is what the Lord is asking me to do right now. And uh, so I ended ended up coming as a student. And, and I also knew that, like, I... I, I can't just show up and be like, hey, like, here is the new teacher. I, I want to teach you how to dance and worship. And um, so I, I remember telling the Lord, like, if this is you, like, you need to open the door. Like, I I can't go and tell this to anybody. And and when I, when I came to do school at the time, we didn't have any worship dance ministry at the school. And um, even actually the local church only had a very small team. I think they had like maybe four or five dancers and it was a closed team. They were not looking for anybody to join them. And and there was a whole bunch of students who would have loved to dance that year, but there just wasn't any opportunities to do that. So uh, <laughs> I, I remember like when we had worship times with our class, like I again, like went to the very back of the room and, and just like, I was like, I just want to express my heart to the Lord. I'm going to try to find some space to move. And <laughs> 
uh, it was very crowded, so um, that was always interesting. But <laughs> but I remember after one of those moments, um, there was a lady who walked up to me and she's like, "Hey, like I saw you dance during the worship time, and and I really felt the anointing on you. And would you be open to come and dance at my home group?" Um, and I'm like, "Sure, yeah, I would love to come and dance at your home group." And but then she gave me all these like very interesting sounding instructions <laughs> and she's like you have to come exactly this time i want you to bring instrumental music for like three minutes and and then you need to leave after you have danced and i'm like what kind of home group is this like this sounds really crazy and weird and i remember i asked a friend of mine to drive me there and i'm like wait in a car if i'm not out of that house <laughs> like within 10-15 minutes like you come and get me or call the police or like I'm literally like I don't even know what to think of this but uh so since I had promised to go I'm like I'm gonna go and so this lady comes out of the house meets me meets me outside and she's like hey like so I just wanted to explain to you like the reason I I asked you to come is that I actually have invited um one of our senior leaders, uh, Benny Johnson, who is Pastor Bill's wife, I'm, I've invited her to come to this home group. And I didn't want to tell you so you wouldn't get anxious or nervous, but I, I just really want her to see what you carry. And I, I want her to interpret your movement. So that's why I wanted you to bring instrumental music. So there's no lyrics. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, if you had told that to me, I probably would have been less nervous than uh, I was coming here, but okay. And um, But the whole situation was so funny. Uh, they had cleared out the living room and made some space there for me um, just to dance. And uh, and there's like Benny sitting there and there's only a handful of other people in the room. And, and I'm again thinking like, okay, Holy Spirit, either you will show up or this is going to be ridiculous because <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. And I, I remember deciding uh, that I'm going to dance a dance of surrender. Like that's what I'm going to express. Like I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm, I'm here just to connect with the Lord. And I, I just want to surrender to him. And that's, that's what I'm going to express. And, but I didn't say anything. I just started dancing. And then when I finish, the first thing that Benny says is, okay, so the theme of this dance is surrender. And I'm like looking at her, my mouth dropping open. I'm like, how did she know? Like, I didn't say anything. And and then she starts going through the dance and telling like, this is what, what I felt at that point, And that's what happened there. And she starts literally interpreting what had been going on while I was dancing, which was such an incredible experience to me. Like I had never had anybody else like, interpret what they see and and not just interpret but like it was everything that she said was really resonating with my spirit and I I felt like oh my goodness like this is the Lord like this is what she's saying and and that was actually this moment of revelation for me like realizing like there is so much more that God is wanting to speak through our dance and and uh, it really started this whole new journey for me to discover what's on God's heart and being able to express his heart. And um, and also this ended up being like a real moment of uh, like marking moment in my life where things changed. And all of a sudden after that, that I, I was invited to become a member of the local church dance team. And, and I don't even know if like 
Benny had gone and talked to the leaders and asked them to invite me or if something just shifted in the spirit and it was my time to step into that. Um, and also I was asked to start co-leading the um, healing rooms dance teams and all of that led into me doing my being asked to do my third year internship um, with uh, Teresa Deppman, who is the creative arts director leader here and and she was asking me to start pioneering the worship dance teams for BSSM and which like the rest is history like there's been like hundreds and hundreds of dancers this past like three years there's been like three to four hundred students as part of the dance community that I, I have had the privilege to to bless and, and activate and train and obviously with a whole bunch of other people and, and raise up leaders and raise up dance revivalists and so for me it's such the whole story is such a miracle like even when I'm talking about it I'm like I can't believe God did that like he he was the one who opened the doors and and I I, I'm like, I wasn't the most likely candidate to do any of this. <laughs> like all my part was just saying yes to the small steps that he was leading me into. And uh, so I just want to speak faith into your journey <laughs> that God, God is with you and he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And, uh, and I, I just declare that there's going to be nothing that's going to hold you back from walking in the fullness of your calling and your destiny and, and, and that he really is the way maker. And even like I, I released my, like the, from this past year, the, one of the biggest miracles was that I finally got my green card because, uh, uh, it was quite a journey for me to, to be able to, um, get a green card to stay here in more permanent basis but and the whole time people were telling me like it's not gonna work out I it's impossible because in the beginning I first worked as a full-time volunteer um which by the way was also another testimony how God provided above and beyond um so that I was able to live live here without being on a salary and and then um and even being able to get visas like that and and God, God providing in every possible way and creating the way, making the way. And, uh, and now then, then finally this past year, getting the green card. And uh, so I just, I want to declare that the Lord is the way maker and the miracle worker for you, wherever you are at right now, that there is nothing that's too hard for him. And, and I just speak to every mountain that's trying to be, on the way of you you heading towards the direction where the Lord is leading you, that those mountains will move and God will create a way. That there is there is no dead end roads with the Lord, that He always makes a way. He's He's so good at that. Um, he himself is the way, the truth and the life. Like it's when we are with him, there is always a way because he is it. He is the way. <laughs> um and uh uh, yeah, and I just want to speak grace over your life. If you happen to be in that kind of season where it's hard to make any sense out of your journey, where it, where none of it makes sense, and uh, and I just uh, I just want to speak that trust and faith into your heart. That even if some of it wouldn't make sense right now, I first of all I believe that you will look back and you will be amazed. You'll be like, oh my goodness. God was so strategic. He knew exactly what he was doing. And even like with my journey, like some of the, the way, the order of things, what I, I ended up doing, 
even though like in the middle of it, it didn't make any sense. Like looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, like God so knew what I needed. Even with me, like my insecurity in learning to speak English. <laughs> First, he sent me to Norway where everybody spoke English as a second language. And it made it so much easier for me to start speaking. And and then afterwards, I, I, moved, I was living in the UK and I was able to learn learn like proper English during that time and and then when I ended up studying dance in Australia I was already so comfortable with my English that I was able to write essays and and do everything all my studies in English and like it was like God was handcrafted the journey for me in every area and even when I didn't see always in the middle of that like how how his hand was in everybody. He doesn't waste any part of your journey. And I just want to speak that over your life, that none of it is wasted, that God God is using all of it for his good purposes in your life and that he is leading you step by step and, and you don't need to understand it all. You just need to trust. You just need to follow. And I, I want to finish this episode by reading a couple of verses uh, in Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6. It says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I love that so much. I, I want to read it from the Passion Translation too. It says that trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. And I, yeah, I, I really just believe that this is a time of intimacy with the Lord I mean, it's always a time of intimacy, but I feel like there's a special invitation and a call for us to be in that place of that sweet communion with him, with his heart and, and that place where, where his, his peace that passes all understanding will, will guard our hearts and our minds. And, and our, our pastor, Bill, he often talks about the fact that we sometimes can only have the peace that passes understanding when we give up our right to understand um, and I know that God also wants to bring us the understanding as well. But if you are in a season where you don't necessarily have the understanding of what's going on. So I just release, especially for you, that peace that, that you have permission to be in that place of complete shalom, that peace of heaven for your spirit, soul and your body. That God is so intentional about you, so intentional about your journey and he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So I bless you all. Oh, with so many encounters with heaven. And uh, I will talk to you later. Love you all. Bye.